My name is Pastor Peter Gedaka. I serve at Higher Ground Praise Chapel. We meet in Kiku Township Primary School. And you are welcome. This time I want to welcome each one of you who have made it to join us for this program. It's a Bible study. Our mode of Bible study is where we pick a verse and delve into that verse before we move to the next verse. It's what Isaiah called line upon line, precept upon precept. Here are it true, there are it true. And therefore you are welcome. I will ask you to get yourself a Bible, of course. Get yourself a paper, uh, not a paper, a book. A paper would easily get lost. A book that you can light on. And I will also ask you to look for a pen and not forget to get yourself a comfortable place for the next 30 minutes. Now, I want us to pick from where we left last broadcast. That is Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. And we'll start by reading verse 1, which says, Now I say that the hare, as long as he is a child, differs from the servant, though he be lord of all. Now, this is a continuation of chapter 3, where we just come from. And here Paul gave a human illustration to show the state of spiritual immaturity that people experience by being under the law. Paul stated that being under the law is not better than being a slave. Whereas faith in Christ brings people into a position of full sonship or full grown sons. It's sad to say, but most Christians have never graduated into the sonship that Paul was describing here. They are still serving God with an effort or with Old Testament mentality that is not pleasing to God, Hebrew eleven six, and is oppressive to them, Romans chapter 3, verse 19. The truth is that sonship is theirs, but they don't walk in it. It's been provided for them freely through Christ, but it doesn't happen automatically. They have to renew their minds. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and take advantage of this blessed relationship. Verse 2 says, but is under tutors, he's still talking, continuing that thought of people who are under the law. They are the tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Now, the illustration Paul was making is a continuation of this thought in Galatians chapter 3. I say that area in chapter 3 verse 24 to 26, Paul likened the law to being our schoolmaster, which I said the Greek word for schoolmaster is pedagogos. And I said and explained that the job description of a pedagogos, who is a slave, appointed both either in Greek or Hebrew families, was to conduct the children or the a child to school and back. His other job description would be to instruct the child in morals, in good morals, strictly in good morals. And that's what the law was doing for us. It was instructing us strictly into good morals, which we never did because of our nature of rebellion. And therefore Jesus came and lived and fulfilled that righteousness. And therefore, when we give our life to God, God changes the nature that we have inside there. 
and puts a spirit that is inclined and led to follow to seek and live the upstanding way. But not because of us, but because of him. Because that is a nature of Christ. So we can say here, he was continuing the comparison by emphasizing the effect that relationship had on man under the law. People were not better than slaves. They were constantly being told what to do and actually had no freedom to choose. Now through Christ, people have been redeemed from the slave relationship of the law and now sons with all the rights and privileges and freedom that go with that. Verse 3 says, even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Wow. By being under the law and outside of Christ, we were the youth, children, Galatians 4, 1 to 2, without really having any spiritual lights. Paul stated that we were in bondage under the elements of this world. Now, the Revised Standard Version translates that verse as, and I quote, we were slaves to the elemental spirits of this universe. End of quote. If this translation is correct, which I believe it is, then Paul was referring to the demonic spirits that brought bondage to our lives before we came to Christ. It all adds up to this. Being under the law makes us slaves, and the law does not have the power to free us from the flesh or the demonic realm. In fact, it gives praise to the devil because we are operating in our own strength. Faith in Christ gives us deliverance from both the law and our flesh. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Now, the New International Version translates this verse as, and I quote, when the time had fully come, end of quote. The God's Word translation translates this verse as, and I quote, but when the light time came, end of quote. Each of these translations is emphasizing that Jesus was sent at a specific time. The entrance of Jesus into the physical realm was not a ladom thing occurring at a haphazard time. The word fullness literally means the maximum or complete size, amount or development. There were developments that had to take place before Christ would come to the earth and redeem man. The father sent his son to the earth at the earliest possible time. Any time prior to the time that Jesus was born of the virgin would have been premature. I want us to notice that Paul was saying that God created his son when he appeared on earth. No, God the son had existed as God forever prior to that time. He was not created when he came. That is John 1, 3. God the father sent the already existed son, not the one he created when he sent him. One that was before he was sent. Jesus Christ to the earth through the Virgin Mary. The virgin birth of Christ was an essential part of the redemption process. Christ was born under the dispensation of the old law. 
He is the only person who ever kept the law flawless. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 1 Peter 2:22. He already had righteousness as God before becoming man. Then he earned the righteousness that comes through the law by being perfect. He bore our curse and punishment that we should have received for breaking the law and thereby redeemed us out from under the law. We now have received the perfect righteousness of Jesus by faith. Romans chapter 8 verse 4. Let's look at verse 5. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. When the light time came, God sent forth his son in his pre-existent state from heaven into the world. He was born of a woman, that virgin birth, and was made subject to the requirement of the law. His purpose in coming into the world was twofold. First, he came to redeem them that were under the law. He did this by perfectly keeping the law, fulfilling it, and paying its curse. Matthew 5.17, Galatians 3.13 Thus Christ delivered us from the entire system of the law. The Greek word redeem used here means to buy out of the slave market. Secondary, Christ gave us the status of sonship with all its privileges. In the Greek, the expression means adult sons. At the grace, we are treated as adults, not babies. Therefore, we were redeemed not only from the bondage of the law, but also into sonship. Many people stop short, just realizing what we were delivered from. Now, we need to rejoice in that because of what we are delivered from. But we also need to realize and understand what we are delivered into becoming, and that is a son. And therefore, we can get the benefits of that in, of our inheritance. Verse 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Amber, Father. One of the benefits of being God's son is receiving the indwelling of his Holy Spirit. This allows the believer to address God, the Father, in the same manner that Jesus did, saying, Amber, the word Amber, which is an alarmic word used by Jesus. And it carries the idea of God being our daddy, our dad. It is a term used for intimacy and affectionate fondness. It removes the idea of God as our strict judge and carries the idea of him being a loving father who cares, understands, and is our best friend. Verse 7 says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then a heir of God through Christ. What would your reaction be if you are told you were a heir of one of the richest men or the most powerful and popular person? Whatever the reaction, it will be positive and joy. Now, being a heir of God is infinitely better and greater than being a heir to greatest person alive today. If 
we aren't experiencing positive emotions in knowing we are heirs of God. It's because we aren't fully understanding or appreciating our inheritance. Not because the inheritance is unworthy, but lack of understanding. It would have been wonderful if God had just redeemed us from his love so that we would not have to spend eternity in hell. But he did more than that. Did much more than that. He actually made us his sons and granted us an inheritance. That is supernatural. Only God could embrace a rebellious world and elevate them to sonship. Galatians 4.9 And this is what it says. But now, after that you have known God, or rather, unknown of God. Now turn you again to the weak and beggary elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Why do you desire to be in bondage again anyway? Paul was writing this letter and it was meant to turn the Galatian Christians away from trusting in the Old Testament law for justification. And in this case, or in this verse, where he's referred to turning to the weak and beggar elements. Wow. Where unto you desire again to be in bondage. He was referring to turning to the law. In doing so, Paul was likening the Galatians' departure from the gospel to them, turning back to the idolatry they practiced before their salvation. Indeed, legalism is very similar to idolatry. Just as with the worship of idols, legalism assumes God is a love God, has to be appeased by our efforts. In contrast, Christianity presents a merciful good God who has personally paid for our sins and offers us salvation as a gift. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, you observe days and months and times and years. Paul was rebuking the Galatians for trying to incorporate observance of the Old Testament law into the gospel that he had brought to them. Here, he named some of the things they were proclaiming had to be done or introduced in the gospel. And one of them is observance of the days which refers to keeping the Sabbath, uh, John 5, 16. Observance of months and times is reference to the new moon, Numbers chapter 10, 10, uh, 1 Chronicles 23, 31. Again, he goes on to say the Sabbath year. This, all these are things that the Galatians had started doing, of course, introduced by the, the Jews who were jealousy of this gift and this promise in Christ. Paul made it very clear that the keeping of these issues is not necessary for salvation. It is dangerously close to having their faith in Christ voided. And then we go to verse 11. Verse 11 says, I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Wow. Anyway, there is no doubt that Paul considered these Galatians to be born-again Christians. He is actually the one who founded the churches in Gar of Galatia. He spoke of them as believers in this letter, Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. Yet, 
it is also clear that Paul was in doubt about the state of their salvation at this point. This verse, Galatians chapter 3 verse 4, Buona Sifiwe. This reveals that salvation is not an irrevocable gift. Paul went on to say in Galatians 5.10 that he was confident the Galatians would start firm in the gospel. So in the end, Paul believed they were still studying in faith, that Christ was their savior. Having his statement here reveals that they were dangerously close to rejecting their salvation. Hebrews 6, 4. Let's look at verse 12. Yeah, verse 12 says, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as you are. You have not injured me at all. Paul was pleading with the Galatians to join him in rejecting the law as a means of being justified with God. Paul was a Jew by natural birth, but he had forsaken the law as a means of being reconciled to God. Therefore, he was living like a Gentile in the sense he was saying, be like me, free from the law, because that's the way you really are. The Galatians' tendencies towards legalism hadn't affected Paul. He was going to continue in grace whatsoever. Let's look at verse 13. It says, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first. Now some people have taken Paul's mention of the infirmity of the flesh here and his reference in Galatians chapter 4 verse 15 to the Galatians willing to pluck out their eyes for him. And they have taken it to mean that Paul had a problem. He was sick. He had a problem. They, they refer to the verse where he says about the thorn in the flesh. And he used, they use that as the sickness that they want. Now, we know Paul was stoned and left for dead in Acts chapter 14 verse 20. This happened in Lystra, one of the main cities of the legion of Galatia. And I don't want to get so much into this, but I personally believe that what Paul was talking about is what he went through in the hearts of those who stoned him. And uh, again, I don't want to get into that. I, I want to leave it at that. What I know, there isn't much evidence to show that Paul was sick. <laughs> Born as if you were. And therefore, I want to stop here and trust God to be able to move from here next week. I want to thank you for being with us through the program. Kindly let someone know about this program. Call them, let them know. They can join us even next week. Let's grow together. Let's learn what God is saying. I want to believe that this program has been of help to you. God bless you. We'll see you next time next week. God willing.